Praise the Lord. Welcome everyone to another Sower of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, slow and heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, Lord, for this another day. And God, I thank you for each and every wonderful blessing and gift you've given us today. God, I thank you for being with us, keeping us safe while we were at on our way to work and at work and on our way back home. God, I just thank you and I praise you for that, Lord. And I thank you, God, for our job. And I thank you, God, for each and every wonderful thing that you've done for us. Lord, for life, for health, dear God, and for, Lord, just meeting our needs, dear God, and blessing us in every way, dear God, we turn. And I thank you, Lord. And God, I thank you for this podcast, God, and I ask now, Lord, that you will just move, dear God, as, as I, and speak through me, dear God, and let the words go out, dear God, that they may help someone lift someone up or help someone to get closer to you. And Lord, if there be any lost listening, dear God, I pray, Lord, that you would just convict their hearts, dear God, Lord, and just, God, just let them give their heart and life to you before it's too late. God, I just love you, and I thank you, and I praise you for everything. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are in the 25th chapter of Deuteronomy, and we're still on the miscellaneous laws, uh, different things that uh, the Lord is um, telling Moses to go into just, to, just a, a little bit more in detail since they are... Uh, getting ready to go over into the promised land. Uh, these are, th- um, like uh, we studied once before, they'd been a little lax on on a lot of the laws and uh, things that, the statutes and things. Uh, God let some things slide because they were, they were traveling and they were wandering around in the wilderness and and it, it's sort of, sort of hard sometimes to get everything together when you're you're constantly on the move, uh, traveling from place place to place. But when you get to where you can settle down and get get to where they they can call a place home and their city, then the Lord tells them that we're going to have to buckle down and we're going to have to follow these these statutes and these uh, things that uh, you have been lax on. And you know, there's there's a lot of them that are that may seem a little harsh, but you know, our laws today uh, in this world have uh, become very lax. Um, it seems like that it doesn't matter what you do if you have enough money to uh, get you the best lawyer, you can get out about anything. And uh, this this is one of the things that that uh, Moses is speaking upon right now is the different laws concerning um, your differences with each other and and murder and uh, killing somebody by accident and things like that. And we're going to be in um, chapter 25, starting in verse 11. When men strive together one with another, and the wife of one draweth near for to deliver her husband out of the hand of him that smiteth him, and putteth forth her hand, and take him by the secrets, then thou shalt cut off her hand, thine eye shall not pity her. Thou shalt not have in, a, in thy bag divers weights, a great and a small. 
Thou shalt not have in thine house divers measures, a great and a small. Thou shalt, but thou shalt have a perfect and just weight, a perfect and just measure shalt thou have, that thy days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. For all that do such things and all that do unrighteously are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Now then, I have I have done a lot of uh, research on, on these weights, and uh, they basically bought and sold different things, greens, uh, cloth, uh different things like that they bought and sold this by weight and they have a a weight that they weigh everything with and bible saying here that you know you don't have divers weights you don't have different weights uh and as i was researching i found out that some of the the um crooked people <laughs> the unjust people uh the, the ones that was trying to rip people off they had uh, two different weights. Uh, they had one that they sold with, and they had one that they bought with. And the one that they bought with was a little bit heavier. Uh, so instead of say like instead of getting uh, a quarter pound uh, of a product for five shekels, um, their weight may be uh, a half a pound. And this half a pound, they'd get it for the same amount as a quarter pound. But yet when they turned around and they sold that, the weight that they used to sell that stuff was, was smaller. So instead of them selling that quarter pound, they would, they would be selling uh, uh, a half pound, or a, they would be selling less and getting more money for it. This, this was a common thing back then, and that's the reason why that Jesus was telling Moses to tell the people not to have different weights. And they, uh, most of these weights were uh, rocks. And uh, my question that I tried to find out and never, never did find an answer for it was exactly how much did these rocks weigh and if they had a way of proving you know, that they were uh, the right amount. And I, I never did find out anything about that. But I'm sure, um, knowing the world today, I'm sure that there was some way that they had of telling exactly how much this rock weighed and they had a certain amount that they all weighed and that was the one that you were supposed to use, do business with. That's the one that you bought goods with. That's the one that you sold goods with. You didn't have two or three of them in in uh, in your pouch. In the same way, well, in your homes, you didn't uh, you didn't have different measures uh, for measuring out for the sale and measuring out to buy. You had one measure that you sold by and one measure that you bought by. I know today uh, the uh, there are so many. Uh, as people call them, tricks of the trade that are actually dishonest, but they are accepted because it is uh, in the name of better business. And these things are, it doesn't make them right because it's in the name of better business. 
It just makes it that uh, the people accept it. And it's not. It's still not right, even though it is acceptable. Uh, there's a lot of things in this world uh, that if you really took the time to sit down and think about things in the business world that is accepted, that is not right. And that's what the Lord is, is talking to Moses and Moses is talking to the people about. It's being about being honest in all your dealings with everybody. Um, it doesn't matter if they, the, the person that you're doing business with is honest or not. You need to be honest yourself. You need to worry about yourself and you need to take care of yourself and you need to, you need to do the right things. And in so doing the right things, then you may, we, you may rub off on somebody else that has not been doing the right things. And then all of a sudden they start doing the right things. You don't never know who is watching you. You don't never know what kind of a witness that you are being to someone just by being around them and doing the right things. Uh, I know it's, some things are, like I said, are acceptable. Some uh, shady business deals are acceptable, all because of the name of uh, better business or good business, uh, but that does not make it right. So, you know, we need to, we need to follow the rules and we need to, to do just exactly, let our heart and let the Lord be our guide and be our conscience and we will know exactly what to do and doing in the right way and not the wrong way. So he said, no, you don't need two different stones in there to one to sell with and one to buy with. You don't need to have two different measures in your home, one to sell with and one to buy with. You have one to sell and to buy with either way. And be honest in all your dealings and be honest to people and and don't try to cheat people. Listen, when when you when you cheat somebody, it's going to come back on you eventually. It might not be in this life, but it will come back on you and it will bite you. And it says, what was that? Uh, but thou shalt have a perfect and just weight, a perfect and just measure shalt thou have, that thy days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. For all that do such things and all that do unrighteously are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. They're an abomination. Uh, and that's not good. That is not good. You do not want to be an abomination unto God. You want to be someone that is acceptable, someone that God can uh, be pleased with, someone that God can be happy with. And, you know, that's that's the one thing that I guess that, that Jesus, uh, Job stood out so much to Jesus because he was an honest man, he was an upright man, and he eschewed evil or he hated evil. And he done everything righteously and he done everything uh, by God, by following the Lord and following the, uh, the Lord's leadership and guidance. And this is what we need to do. Uh, it doesn't matter what everybody else does. You know, this, this point uh, that Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It, and pray for those that uh, do you wrong. Pray, pray for those that are doing unjustly. 
Pray for those that have the divers' weights and the divers' measures. Pray for those that are doing wrong in business. Pray for them, and you do the right thing. And the Lord will bless you in a great way for do, by doing that. Verse 17. Remember what Amalek did unto thee by the way when you were come forth out of Egypt how he met thee by the way and smote the hindermost of thee, even all that were feeble behind thee, when thou wast faint and weary, and he feared not God. Therefore it shall be, when the Lord thy God hath given thee rest from all thy enemies round about in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance to possess it, that thou shalt blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven, thou shalt not forget it. In other words, he said, Amalek's going to get his. Not right now. You go ahead, you go in, and you possess the land, and you get everything settled, and you get all your cities settled, and, and everything set in order, and all your cities and everything, and get everything set up just exactly right, and then when you do, then you go back and you blot out, you completely destroy Amalek because of what he done to you. And you know, it, it, if you've ever watched a lion or a lioness or uh, some type of animal like that hunt out in the wild, they will, they will follow a herd. And, and they may follow this herd for a long way. But sooner or later, there's going to be a straggler, whether it's a feeble one or whether one of them is just lagging behind for some reason or whatever. But when that one gets out by itself, that's when the lion or the lioness or the other animals, that's when they attack, and they will take that one down. When it's by itself and, and really not paying attention to what's going on, and that's when Satan gets us. It's when we get out by ourselves, away from the Lord and away from uh, our brothers and sisters and we quit going to church and and we are well, decided that we can live just as good at home as we can going to church, that's when Satan is really going to come against us because we, we have straggled behind and we're out there all by our lonesome and everything and that's when Satan can come in and pounce on us and... Um, there's nothing really that we can do because we have left ourselves vulnerable. And this is, this is a time that um, even though we may be straggling and lagging behind a little bit, this is a time that we, we really need to be praying. And, and even though we don't feel like it, you know, I don't feel like going to church every time I go. Uh, I'm tired. My knees hurt. My back hurts. Something, something's wrong. I just, I just don't feel like going. It's just a, uh, it's just it's aggravating to have to come in from work and go in and shave and take a shower and put on clothes and everything and eat eat supper right real quick and, and then turn around and go to church. It, 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 it gets to me sometimes, but I do it. I still do it because I know in the end I put forth that sacrifice and I put forth that effort and I come and I do these things even though I don't feel good and even though I hurt I do these things, and, and I get in the car, and I drive the 45 minutes to the church. When I get there, and I see everybody, and we start praising the Lord and everything, everything of that day that 
every reason why that I didn't want to go to church just fades away. I feel good in the Lord. I feel good in body. I may hurt later on when I get back home, but at that point in time, I feel great all over more than anywhere else. And that's, that's the reason why that we need to go to church. That's the reason why that we need to gather together with our brothers and sisters to worship the Lord, to lift him up, to receive something of him. You know, it, it's, it's quite, a, it's quite a, a distance from Sunday to Wednesday and from Wednesday to Sunday. So we need, we need that midweek uh, boost, spiritual boost, uh, we need that uh, that meal uh, right there in the middle of the week. We need that to to uh, fuel us spiritually to where we can make it through the rest of the week. And we can go out then on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we can fight our battles, and we can we can fight Satan, and we can fight those that try to sneak up on us unaware and take us down. We we're ready for them, and and we're waiting for him. We know that it's going to happen, and the Lord's walking with us, and, and he knows exactly what's going on, and Satan don't have a chance. He don't have a chance. But, you know, that's the reason, one of the reasons why we need to gather together with our brothers and sisters to worship the Lord, to lift him up, and to praise him, and to receive of him. Chapter 26. First fruits and tithes. <laughs> I know tithes is is not a not a real popular subject to teach or preach on in church, but you know churches the way that they keep the doors open, the way they keep the electricity on, and the way they keep everything going is by tithes. If we don't pay that tenth, which belongs to God in the first place, all the money we get belongs to God, but he gives it to us, and he said, I want a, I want 10% of it back. I want you to put that into my house for the running of my house and for to pay the pastors and, and to keep the electricity on and the heat on. I need you to put that back in there every week, every week. Uh, even, even if you miss a Sunday for sickness or something like that, the next Sunday, pay double. Pay double. Make sure that you catch up that one week that you, that one Sunday that you miss. This is this is one thing that God has told us that He wants, and He started this back even even before the children, just shortly after the children of Israel came out of Egypt, is when He started this because when He set aside the Levites and the priests. When he set them aside to do the, the ministering and to the tabernacle and uh, to the people, and that's all they done. Uh, they didn't keep flocks. They didn't grow gardens. They didn't plant fields or vineyards or olive yards. They didn't do any of those things. But, but the way that the Lord took care of them and the way that they were fed and the way that they uh, were clothed and uh, had their shoes and everything is that 10% that uh, the Lord had everybody bring in to the priest, and then the priest would would uh, divvy it up between him and all the different families of Levi. And this is this is a way that we need to take care of the churches and the and the priest and or the uh, ministers and uh, all those that take care of the church. Now this is the way that we need to do that. The ones that mows the yard, the one that cleans the church. Uh, they, we need to take care of these people. 
And and this is the way that you do it is by bringing in your tithes. I know this is not a very popular uh, subject. Uh, you can ask any pastor, and they'll tell you that that's one subject that, that uh, is very sticky. Uh, some people get uh, upset about it. Some people... Some people, it does not bother, but there's a lot of people that will get upset when you start talking about putting money, 10%, a, 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 certain a certain amount in the church every week, every week. Well, every time you get paid, some people don't get paid every week. But that 10% right off the top. And my wife and I, when we really got into church and started going to church and everything, I told my wife, I said, when we get paid, and our money's in the bank, and you know exactly how much we've made. The very first check you write out, before you pay anything else, the very first check you write out is 10%, our tithes. You write that check out, and you set that aside. That goes to the church. And then you can pay the rest of the bills. And let me tell you something. You, you may not want to believe this, but that's fine. But... It seems like that your money goes twice as far as it normally would. So you tell me how did a person can take, say, $100 and pay $130 worth of bills for the month. It can happen. I, I have seen it happen, and I know that it happens. It, I, I cannot explain how that it happens, but it does. The Lord will, as long as you give to the Lord, the Lord will give back to you, and you cannot outgive the Lord. Listen, I've heard of uh, entrepreneurs, if you want to, people starting businesses. One in particular, he said, all right, Lord, he said, I'm going to start this business, and he said 10% of everything I bring in is going to go to you some in some form or fashion, uh, 10% a month that's yours he said i started that and he said it went to 20 percent then it went to 30 percent and it kept he kept growing and kept growing he said now today he said 90 percent of what comes into this business goes out some way some form or some fashion to meet others needs giving it back to the lord and he said i'm still making money he said, I'm still making money. You cannot outgive God. I don't care who you are. But we have to want to do that. We don't we don't do it begrudgingly. We don't do it because we think that we absolutely have to. Do it because you want to do it. Do it because that belongs to God anyway. So we need to give that back to Him. And that way. We, we are giving and we are helping the word go out. But give it because you want to. And you know, uh, back when we were talking about the, the offerings and uh, the free will offerings and the different offerings that uh, they brought into the tabernacle, uh, you know, some of, them, some of them brought in things just because they wanted to. The uh, oxen and the wagons, uh, those were things that were brought in and given unto the priest to give to the Levites because somebody seen a need and had a way of meeting that need. So they 
they got together, several of them got together and said, let's do this. So they took these oxen and these carts and they took them and give them to the church or to the tabernacle to be used for to transport the tabernacle from one place to another. There were still some items that had to be hand carried, but there was a lot of it, like the coverings and, and all the posts and the boards and, and things like that. Uh, the cloth, all that thing can be could be transported on a cart. But all the furniture, uh, the altars and the laver and uh, the candle uh, candlestick and the uh, Ark of the Covenant, this all had to be hand-carried by uh, the Levites. That was their job to carry this, to bear this up on their shoulders. Because if you remember back when they were making those, they put rings on all four corners of each one of them, and they they fixed staves that went through these rings, and and they were to be carried on the people on the Levite's shoulders from one place to another. So, and God made a way for the rest of the stuff to be transported from one place to another. God always makes a way. All we have to do is follow Him and look for that way. You know, a lot of times. We are asking God for to help us out of a situation, and God is trying his best to get our attention to tell us exactly what he's trying to do to get us out of that situation, but we can't see it because it is so simple or uh, it's not the way that we want it done. That's, that's the biggest problem. I know I used to have that one problem when I knew I knew what, I wanted done. I knew how it should be done. So I, I would ask God to take care of this problem and he would be working on it. And I couldn't figure out why he wasn't working on it because it was working out in, in, in a totally different way that I couldn't really understand at that point in time. And I thought it ought to be done this way. But then when I really woke up and realized what God was doing and how he was working, and I got to watching how he was working. I thought, that's the most simplest thing it ever was. And the way that I wanted it done was, was complicated. But at that time, I thought it was simple. So let the Lord work in his way and in his time the way he wants to. And everything's going to work out a whole lot better. And that's what, that's what the Lord's trying to tell the people here. You know, let me do my thing. You follow me. You do as I say, and everything's going to work out fine. First fruits and tithes. And it shall be when thou art come in, in unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance, and possesseth it, and dwellest therein. Now, hold on, stop right there for just a second. Uh, each, each and every time that the Lord talks about the promised land, he always talks about going in uh, this land that I have given thee for an inheritance. I, I give this to you. And, but when you go in to possess it and when you go and when you dwell us therein, in other words, he's telling them, I've give it to you. You've got to go in and you've got to physically take it and you've got to dwell in it. Then after you take it now, then salvation, salvation is free, but we got to take it. Uh, it's just not something that the Lord is going to uh, thrush up on us. We've got to take it. We've got to ask for it. 
okay? And then after we ask for it, we've got to dwell in it. We've got to do a little work in it. And, you know, when, when they went in and they they uh, ex, they possessed their inheritance and, and they dwelt in the land, they just didn't go in there and dwell and expect God to just bring all their their fruits and, and all their substance and everything they needed, just bring it in and, and dump it in their laps and them not have to do nothing. They had to go out and they had to work the land. They had to go out and they had to herd the sheep and the cattle and all of this. And they, they had to uh, do some plowing and they had to do some planting and they had to do some pruning and and all these different things that they had to do to get all of these these different items that they used for food to get those to grow. They have to work at it. Salvation is the same way. Salvation is free. But in order to keep salvation, to keep that uh, uh, blood applied, and to keep doing, to keep uh, in being in the center of God's will, we've got to do something. We can't just sit down and and wait on God to hand us everything. If we want the blessings that God has promised us, we are going to have to take them, and we are going to have to physically, well, not physically, but spiritually, we're going. To, have to go in and possess the land, and we're going to have to go in and take the blessings that God has given us. He's not going to just hand them to us. We're going to have to work for them. A lot of people, a lot of people think that salvation is just asking God to forgive you of your sins, and and that's it. You know, you're you're done. You're going your way to heaven, no matter what happens. What? That's not it. Salvation, like I said, is free, but we got to work at that salvation we got to work at being a christian if we want to make it into heaven you know the promised land that the children of israel went into is, is not a type and shadow of heaven that is a place in in our christian life in their christian life in their life that god was had some special blessings set aside for them uh so that he could he could bless them for being his people well, Christians, we're the same way spiritually. When we go into that, that land that flows with milk and honey, our Canaan land, it, it's not heaven. It's a place in our Christian life to where God can bless us and God can use us. And it's a place to where that we're going to have to work to get into. And it's a place that we're going to have to work after we get in there. We, we just can't. Expect God to give us everything and us do nothing. Salvation's free. To keep salvation and to be a child of God and to go to heaven, we've got to do some work. And, you know, a lot of... God has a plan for each and every one of our lives. And everybody's job is not the same. Everybody can't be teachers. Everybody can't be ministers. Everybody can't be board members, and everybody can't be deacons. Everybody can't be song leaders or singers. But everybody in the church, whether it be the local church or the church, everybody, we are the body of Christ, and we all have a, a separate job. We, we all can't be the head, and we all can't be the hands. We all can't be the eyes. But we are all a part of that body, and we have different jobs. So if you see somebody 
sitting on a pew and you're in a real spiritual church and everybody's up singing and clapping their hands and everything and you see somebody out of the corner of your eye and you turn around and look and and they're sitting there uh and it doesn't seem like they're doing anything they're just sitting there well you know what they may be doing one of the greatest jobs in the church and that's praying for everybody that's up singing. That's praying for, for the Lord to come in and to move. They're, they're praying. They're really getting a hold of God. And that's the reason why that the Lord has moved in the way that he has is because somebody is inviting him in and talking to him and, and praying for each and every one in there and praying for, uh, for the Lord to come in and to, to just take over. So if that person just sitting there, don't make fun of them. They may be doing their job. Now, are you? Are you doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing? You know, uh, every every job in the church is important. Even though our little toe it it doesn't seem to do a whole lot, it's important. Uh, the little finger, even though it doesn't seem to do a whole lot. It's important. You know, every part of our body is important. It, it was put together that way by God, and every, every member of our body has a specific duty, and if it does that duty and it does it right and it's not injured, then everything else works good. But let me tell you something. From experience, one time, Break your little toe. There ain't nothing they can do about it. They can't splint it. They can't put a cast on it. The best they can do is take tape and tape it to the toe beside of it. But you will walk funny for a long time, trust me, because of that little toe being broke. And you, you, don't, you don't think that much about that little toe until it is hurt, until it is injured, and then you realize just exactly, <laughs> praise the Lord, you realize just exactly how important it is. That person that's sitting there on that bench praying for everybody for, while everybody's shouting and praising the Lord, you don't really understand how important that person is till uh, something happens in your life and you need prayer and this person starts praying for you and you realize just exactly how close to the Lord this person is and how quickly they can get a hold of God on your behalf. That little toe, very important. That person that's sitting there on that bench praying, super important. So don't make fun of nobody. Everybody has got their jobs. Everybody is has something to do in the church. It doesn't matter if it's if it's cleaning. It doesn't matter if it's the minister, the one that cleans the church and and vacuums and cleans the bathrooms and mops and all that stuff is just as important as the man of God that's standing up bringing a message. Their jobs are all important no matter what they are, no matter how small we think they are, they are all very important. And it's the same way for, with living for the Lord, you know. And, that, and we all have a duty to do. And the Bible, 
you know, that's the reason why I try to get us to to read and study our Bible every day because it will it we can figure out then exactly what our job is and we can figure and then after we figure out what our job is then we can figure out how to do that job with the best ability that we know how all because we read and study God's word and find out how to get in touch with him and let him lead and guide and direct us and, and show us what we need to be doing and show us, give us the tools and show us how to use the tools to do that job. You know, all of us can't be teachers. All of us can't be song leaders, but we all have a job to do. Some of us are, you know, I've said this many a time, but the person that stands at the back of the door, he may not be a minister, he may not be a board member, he's just somebody that has figured out that he likes to greet people when they're, when they're coming into church and he likes to greet them as they're going out and he stands there and he shakes their hand and he tells them people how much he's, how glad he is to see them that 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 point in time. And that's his job. He's very, very important. So do not make fun of him because of or her, him or her, because they are doing that. Because let me tell you something. Have you ever walked into church and sat down and the pastor or nobody else came up and, and say good morning or how you doing or shake your hand or anything like that? Just think of what it would be like every time you walked into the house of God, there's somebody standing at the back door that's wanting to shake your hand, hug your neck, tell you how glad they are to see you and how glad they are to have you at services that day. Think about that. You know, that, that makes you feel real good that somebody has took the time to welcome you in and tell you that they're glad to have you. Makes you feel important. Now then, see how important that job is? But getting back to the tithes. Said, and it shall be when thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance and possesseth it and dwellest therein, that thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth which thou shalt bring of thy land that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall put it in a basket, and shall go unto the place which the Lord, excuse me, thy God shall choose to place his name there. All right, all your all the first fruits, all all your uh, first fruits of your grains, your corn, uh, your olives, your uh, your grapes. Uh, all the stuff that you, your potatoes, all the stuff that you grow, the very first part of that, you take that and you put that in a basket. When you go out for the first time of the year to harvest your wheat or harvest your corn or harvest your olives or your grapes or your potatoes or whatever it is, the first one you pick goes in a basket. The first potato you dig up, goes in a basket the first olive that comes off the tree goes in a basket you take this basket then to the to the tabernacle where the lord has 
set aside to for it to be built you take it to that tabernacle and you give it to the priest in verse 3 and thou shalt go in unto the priest that shall be in those days and say unto him i profess this day unto the lord thy god that i am come unto the country which the lord swear unto our fathers for to give us and the priest shall take the basket out of thine hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God. Set it down on the altar. <laughs> you know, I, I had a message one time. Uh, I believe it was on podcast. Uh, about taking all your cares and writing them down on a piece of paper. Everything that's going wrong in your life. everything, Every sickness that's in your body. Everything that's going wrong in your life all the things that are really bothering you, to write all those things down on separate pieces of paper, fold them up, and put them in a basket. And then take that basket either to your to your church or at your altar at home uh, and put those, set that basket on the altar. Say, Lord, I cannot fix these problems that's in this basket there i have done everything that i humanly can and i am still in trouble now lord i'm giving them to you i have put them in this basket and i have set them on the altar before you now lord help me to leave them there and lord fix them I can't do, I, I need help. I cannot do this. I cannot do this. I need your help. The Lord will take care of those problems. But the secret is, is to leave them there, walk off, forget them, and let the Lord handle them. We can't not go back and pick certain ones out and say, well, I can take care of this. I know there's a lot in there, Lord, so I'm going to take this one out and I'm going to fix this one myself. No. Leave them. No matter how big or how small you think they are, leave them. Walk off and leave them and let the Lord deal with them. And then when the Lord moves upon one of those things in that basket, Go and take that one out and thank God for moving on that. Thank him for moving on that. You know, that that's, that's one of the things that, that we as children of God, it's one of the hardest things I reckon it is for a child of God for some reason is to ask for help from God, from anybody. You know, and men, you know how we are. We, we got this. We can handle this. We don't need any help. Well, you know, that's, that's the one thing, the one way that we really become humble before God is when we ask God for help with our problems. When we get to the point that we realize that I cannot fix this, there's nothing I can do to fix this. I've got to have help got to have someone to work to settle fix this problem for me and when we take that problem and we set that at the feet of jesus 
and say, Lord, I am helpless. I need help with this. I cannot fix this. I'm going to leave this for you. Now help me to leave it here and walk off and forget it and let you work on it. That's one of the hardest things that it is for mankind to do is to ask for help. And, you know, we, we need to do that more often. And I have come to the point to where that I do it quite often. And I remind the Lord of just exactly how helpless I am and how much help I need. I need help. I tell the Lord I need help getting out of bed in the morning. I need help to get my clothes on. I need help every second of every day of every week of every month of every year. I need help. I cannot do this by myself. I cannot live for the Lord by myself. I cannot I cannot go to heaven by my own ways. I cannot do this podcast on my own. I cannot teach Sunday school on my own. I cannot do this by myself. I have got to have help from you. And I expect him to help me, and he helps me, and he uses me, and he gives me the tools that I need to do a job. It may not be exactly the way that I think it ought to go, but, you know, I've learned a long time ago. You know, when I first started preaching, oh, I'd sit down and I'd study and I'd get me a big old sheet of paper and, I, and I'd write down all these notes of, of Scripture and and things I wanted to say, my, get my thoughts all together and get them all wrote down on paper with Scripture and everything. And about five minutes into the message, I might as well throw that thing away because it's useless because the Lord takes me completely another way. Even today, even today, I will, I will make notes and I will write down Scripture and uh, I will have thoughts and I will write those thoughts down, and I will do uh, research, and I will research different things. And and then when it comes time, time to do the podcast or when it comes time to teach, uh, not, biggest part of the time those things go out the window because that's not what the Lord need, wants at that time. That was That was good for me when I was studying, but it's not good for the time that it goes out for. And, you know, I I know I, some of my messages gets a little strange and scattered and, and things like that, and I, I completely get off of whatever it was that we started on. But, you know, what I have learned to trust that God is in charge and he knows the need and he knows what is going to be needed at the particular time by a particular person or persons. You know, God... God has everything under control. He knows everything that's going on in our life, and he knows just exactly what we need. My job is not to question God or not to tell God, this is, this is what I'm going to say and this is how it's going to be done. It's my job to say, God, you, you speak through me what you want to go out, not what I want to go out. Because... My number one goal is not that you remember me, 
but that God blesses you and helps you to grow in some way or helps you to give your heart and life to God or helps you to figure out exactly what your job is that God wants you to do, that's my goal. I don't care if you don't never remember my name. I don't care whether you remember my name right now. But remember the words that the Lord has given me to give to you. That's what's important. Not me. Not me. God is number one. And I'm way down on the list somewhere down around who knows what. I don't know where it ends up at, but I'm, I'm way down on the bottom. I don't care. It's not me that's important. It's Christ following him and doing his will. I thank you all for listening. I hope you got something out of this. I know one thing. I, I thoroughly enjoy doing this, and I hope you all enjoy listening to it. I know my podcasts are a little strange. I haven't got uh, – it's nothing big and fancy or anything like that. It's just the word of the Lord as it comes to me, and I hope you enjoy it. God bless you until the next time. Thank you.